love, forgiveness, and healing. And let me say this. While we were worshiping, if you are having troubles with anxiety or depression or any of those things, get ready to get healed. Amen? God will heal this morning. Amen. Love, forgiveness, and healing. This is the core of our existence. Love. The Bible says, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. And then the Bible also tells us, God is love. So, in the beginning, love. Love created all things. Everything that's living came out of love. Love is the reason for existence. That's the core of our being. We were created by love. For love. And in love, we are in God in this regard. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, the scripture of love, we all know that. It says that now abides faith, hope, and love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. The greatest of these is love. Now we know, can Christians say this all over, the greatest force on earth is faith. The greatest force on earth for us, as far as humans are concerned, in our relationship to God is faith. For without faith, you cannot please God. That's what it says. All things is through faith. And in fact, Romans tells us, and with, if, if he doesn't have faith, it's sin. Faith has to be there. Anything that is not of faith is sin. That's what Romans tells us. So faith is really important. Hope is also important. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So hope doesn't have any substance apart from faith. So faith is really important. But then the Bible says the greatest of these three is love. Why? Because faith only operates through love. Love is the key. Love is life. Love is light. That's why the Bible tells us in First John, if you call yourself a Christian and you have hatred in your heart, you're still in the dark. And they say, you don't even know where you're going. And in fact, if you have hate in your life, you are considered by the scripture, you're a murderer. That's how serious this is. The opposite of love is to hate. Love, life. Hate, death. We have to understand that. God has an a boundless love for every single one of us. A boundless love has no bounds. No matter how far you've gone. He still loves you. No matter how far you've gone in disappointing him, God still loves you. 
because you are you. He loves you. And I read in the Bible, in John chapter 1, he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So there was one that was with God in the very beginning. Do we know any other scripture that tells us of one that was with God in the very beginning? Romans chapter 8 tells us that. There was one that was with God in the very beginning during creation. And we know that that was Jesus. And he tells us in Proverbs chapter 8, verse 29, he says, When he, does God, assigned to the sea its limit, so that the waters will not transgress his command. God speaking, the sea, you can go beyond this. When he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him. And we know who was with him, right? Jesus, at the very beginning, I was beside him. As a master craftsman or a master workman, Jesus was there at the very beginning crafting everything. You and I, from the foundation of the world, all in the mind of the same, this God, there is only one God, Jesus. We were there. He was there with his father as the master craftsman. He was there. And I was daily his delight, his joy, his happiness in the presence of the father. As he was crafting the whole universe. Jesus doing all these wonderful things. And the father was pleased. Go son, go son, you're, you're doing a wonderful work. He was his delight. He says, I was daily his delight. Daily his delight. Rejoicing always before him. That's the key. Deuteronomy chapter 28, I believe it's 47. It says, because I've always lashed onto this and I want you to lash onto it. Because you did not serve the Lord with joy and gladness of heart. God says, I'll turn you over to your enemies. They'll take over your life. Look at Jesus. He was constantly rejoicing in his presence. No wonder the Father was so pleased. Daily, rejoicing before him. He says, look at what he's rejoicing about. Rejoicing in his inhabited world. This is his inhabited world. The heavens and the earth. And look at this. And my delight. That's the delight of the Savior. The delight of Jesus was with the sons of men. Humans. Humans brought him. There's just the presence of humans on the earth brought Jesus pleasure. That was his happiness. As he rejoiced in the Father's presence, the reason, one of the major reasons, you and I, we gave him pleasure. He was God. God, the Bible tells us, I believe it's uh, 1 Timothy 3 verse 16, it says, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit. Seen of angels preached to the Gentiles, received up unto glory. That was God Himself. The only pleasure He had was man, mankind. 
what gave him pleasure. That's what gave God happiness. I mean, Jesus. And when that was taken from him, because of man's disobedience, he would fight to the death to get us back. Amen. If you don't say amen, I will. He will fight to the death. Because love never fails. Love can never give up. That was what brought him joy. He went after us. And if you're here this morning and you haven't gone back to your Savior, you're still breaking his heart. You need to turn your life totally to him and give your life completely. Forget the world. Stay with Jesus. He's calling you. Turn to him. When he, become, when he receives pleasure from your life, you will have pleasure in your own life. He is the source of life. He did everything to get us back. It's an amazing thing when I think about God. If you've been in the ocean and you look out as far as your eyes can see. And you look up into the sky and you're wondering, this God, he's so great. What will he want to do with us? Why would he even want to live among us? Think about it. This awesome God, think about the universe. This is one being who is greater than everything. And yet, he's so concerned about your life. And you're not concerned about your own life. He is that concerned. Why? Love. Love for you. Relentless love. To win you back. To himself. That's so important. You're sitting here this morning. The heavens looking down. What are you going to do? Would you make the master's heart glad? Some of us have made a commitment. But we're not willing to go all the way. We still have things that are more important to us. We need to change our minds. Amen? And turn completely to Him. And let Him change us. I see Jesus. Just an amazing being. Wanting to be one of us. To be just like us. Not like angels. But like us. Is that important? Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10, it says, For it was fitting for him, that's Jesus, for whom are all things. For whom are all things. Everything in the universe belongs to him. Now it's fitting for whom are all things, and by whom are all things. He created everything. Now it is fitting in bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. He had to suffer and still be our captain, be our general, 
commander-in-chief. He's feeding. For both he who sanctifies, the one who sets people aside for God, he who sanctifies, and those who are being sanctified, we are all being sanctified. Amen. I used to think about this doctrine about sanctification. Well, the scripture says we are being sanctified. God doing that. is molding us to look more and more like his, his son, Jesus, in his image, fully. And yet, he's not rejecting us. He's not uncomfortable by being close to us. Even though we have all these weaknesses, he still loves us. He's still as close. Closer than a brother. Still there. Being sanctified all from the same family. For which reason? He is not ashamed to call them his brethren. You know what angels think? They worship him in heaven. They know how awesome he is. And for him to call me a brother, the angels are going, huh? How can that be? My brother, we're the same. I may be older, right? But we're the same. The same level, right? He calls you a brother, a sister. The angels can't understand this. The angels cannot understand this kind of love. To bring us from where we are to his standard, his place, as equals. And people still reject it. Because of ignorance. Stupidity. His time. And there are those in the church. They go to church, but they're forgotten. This is a serious matter. The world is passing away, the Bible says. The world is. It's not a game. I don't want to just share a good sermon. I want to serve God. Amen. I want to serve God. I want to be there when it's all over. I want to see him face to face and him with a smile on his face when I show up. That's what's important. Life is so short. Don't waste your life. Waste your life in God. And you'll never regret it. You'll never regret it. He is not ashamed to call us his brethren. You know why it's recorded in scripture? Because the disparity is so great. He should be ashamed. But he's not. That's what he's saying. We are not anywhere near his standard. But he suffered to bring us to that place where we can be up to him. One family is so important. He who sanctifies and the one who is sanctified, they are one, one family. For this reason, he's not ashamed to come, saying, I will declare your name to my brethren. 
that's amazing. Years ago, I heard a preacher speaking because I, I, I never, I never will refer to Apostle Paul as Brother Paul. Okay, he was always Apostle Paul, and he was speaking. And he said, "Brother Paul," I said, "Wow, he can call him Brother Paul. Ah, he's the brother, the same Jesus, Lord Jesus, right?" But brother Jesus, that's going to be hard, right? Your mouth can't even say it, right? But I can call my brother, brother, right? We can sit and have fun as brothers and make conversation. I watch when Omar comes home and we told you, once they get together, forget mommy, forget daddy. <laughs> they are on their own. They are in their world. And we just go to our room, leave them alone. When Ashley joins, he's all over. Grace comes, hey, he's all completely over there. <laughs> but we are bro- brothers to him. And then he says, he will declare the name before his brothers. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, here am I and the children whom you have given to me. Here am I and the children you have given to me. You know where that scripture is from? Isaiah 8, verse 18. Isaiah 8, verse 18. He says, Here am I and the children that you've given to me. Guess what we are for? Signs and wonders. Hello? You guys are too quiet. I said, Signs and wonders. You are a sign because of Jesus. You are a wonder. Because of Jesus. God gave you to him. And because of that, he declares the name to us. His name is what? His name is what? His name is what? Jesus. You guys are mighty quiet this morning. <laughs> Listen. In verse 14, he says, In as much then, as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, Jesus says, I'm going to be one of them. Right? Inasmuch as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise, he shared. In the same. He became one of us. He became one of us. And that through death, he might destroy the one, that Satan, who has the power of death. You know what I mean? What that means to me? You can't kill me until I'm ready to go. Amen. The power of death is no longer in Satan's hands. Amen. And so the, if he's not in Satan's hands, he's not in the hands of cancer either. He's not in the hands of anything, accident, or nothing. You can't. Jesus has the keys of hell and death. And I am his brother. Hello. He's out there for us. He destroyed it. He partook of it. Now. Love. Is always practical. Hello. 
Love is always practical. Everything we're saying, Jesus becoming like one of us because of love. He couldn't see the contradiction. He wanted to be one of us. Why? To purchase for us forgiveness from the Father. That's the whole thing. For us to be forgiven by God. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. Why? For Him to pay the price so that we can receive forgiveness. The greatest need for man is forgiveness. That's the number one need for every man. To be forgiven. People who don't know God can be loved by people, right? That's not... The greatest need is forgiveness. Because once you are forgiven, you receive your healing. It's the greatest need. And Jesus walked on that. That love. Love gives birth, first thing, firstborn, forgiveness. If there is love in your heart, you can forgive. What were Jesus' first words on the cross? Father, forgive them. Firstborn. If you love, you forgive. If you can't forgive, there is no love. And love is active. Proactive. That's what it's all about. And the Bible tells us, Peter told us this, for us who are Christians, when you become a Christian, I don't want to hear something about, well, you know, my religion is between me and my God. Forget that. You don't have no religion. It can't be that way. You can't be in the place by yourself in your religion and loving your brother by yourself who is not by you anytime. That's not love. (laughs) You just love yourself. It's a community of people. Amen? A community of faith. I know you and you know me. God brought us together. And we show that love. And sometimes, you know, iron sharpens iron. It's pretty scratchy there. (laughs) But it gets sharpened, right? Because it's scratchy, right? That's what happens. You have to forgive. So God tells you to love. Because out of love comes forgiveness. And Peter tells us this. And above all things, have what? Red heart love. Amen. Above all this stuff, you know, I can pray for this sick. I can do this. I witness and all of that. No, no, no. Above all of that, have fervent love for one another. Fervent love for one another. If, I, if, I, if, I, if I'm around anyone that's always finding fault with people, <laughs> when I see them coming over that way, <laughs> I go right the other way. I don't want to hear them. Did you see? Did you see? Did you see? I don't want to see. And I don't want to hear. 
I want to see what you're doing. Let's talk about that. Love covers multitude of sins. He is sick. I see Jesus sleeping in the same place with Simon Peter and these guys arguing and fighting. He is like he doesn't see what's going on. Have fervent love. Because whoever believes in him will not perish. And when you believe in him, and that fervent love is coming through you, because the Bible tells us in the scripture that God, that's I believe uh, John chapter 17, verse 26 or so, he says that the love with which the Father loves me will be in you. Because you're a believer. You can love. And when you love, you can have red out love. God will not ask you to love if you don't have the ability. You just don't want to. Because you think uh, uh, the, the poison of unforgiveness, you're going to hold it while the other person dies. You drink the poison and you're waiting for the other person to die. And where you will die. You have to forgive. Fervent love. Listen, Peter repeats himself again. In 1 Peter chapter 1, he says, Since you have been purified, you have purified your soul in obeying the truth through the Spirit, in sincere love again. How did you purify yourself? In sincere love for the brethren. Sometimes when we think about that, we're always thinking, well, uh, it has to do with people in the church. I love those in the church. But what about your husband? What about your child? Would you forgive them? What about your wife? More so in your house than in church. Amen. More so in your house than in church. You can fool people in church every Sunday morning. How are you? Fine. (laughs) All is well. Alive, you know all is not well. You're angry. You want to wring the other person's neck, and you know that. <laughs> Laugh at yourself. It's so wonderful. <laughs> you purified your heart. You purified your heart because you've been born with this incorruptible. See, it's so beautiful. Love will always bring healing. Love and forgiveness will always bring healing. When I traveled uh, as an evangelist, I was in church and I mentioned it before. Usually when I go, it's because of healing. My services were healing services. That's what I did. And sometimes they are telling me, there is this old deacon who is a very godly man. He's been sick for a long time. And pastor, oh brother, good luck. The way they come, brother, good luck. We have been praying and praying for this brother. And then after the service, 
There were several people healed, but he's still not healed. And they want to know, brother, good luck. How come the king so-and-so is not healed? We have been fasting and praying for him. How come God is not answering? And I'm thinking in my head, have you ever mentioned some name to brother Dickens so-and-so? They're happy until you mention the name they don't want to hear. And the person is not in church. As soon as you mention that name, don't you mention that name in my presence. He comes out. They're bitter. They're bitter inside. Love and forgiveness. Jesus came from heaven to purchase forgiveness for us. You ought to pass it on. He was the light of the world, right? And then he made us light of the world. Pass it on. Pass that forgiveness and love on. Trace it down. Let it get to somebody else. Once it stops in you, it dies. Have you heard about the Dead Sea? Some of you have been there. He receives, he doesn't give anything away, right? He's dying, nothing lives in it. Nothing lives in it. God gave you love to give it away. God gave you forgiveness to give it away. If you hold it, it destroys you. It dies and it destroys you. A lot of Christians are having difficulties, having all kinds of issues, anxieties. You know, Satan doesn't want to let you know that it's because of this one little thing. That fox, that little fox that destroyed the mind. You're sick now, broken. She can't sleep at night. Especially when you've been in contact with the person. You're so angry. And you say, brother, good luck. You don't, or pastor, good luck. You don't know, you don't know what I've been through with this person. If you know, you wouldn't be saying what I've said. Let me tell you, you want me to tell you what I've been through myself? You want to know what I've been through? Let me say this, just to back the point. That your healing, I mean, I'm not talking about just physical healing. In every area of life, your healing is tied to forgiveness. From God and you passing it on to those who have offended you. There was a man that was brought, you remember? He was crippled and they got to Jesus. Jesus was preaching in the house and they couldn't reach him. And they decided, we'll get to him. And so they went off the ro- to the roof and they uncovered the roof. You don't remember that story? It's, it's in uh, Mark chapter 2. I put the scripture there. They uncovered the roof. Notice, they didn't care. They didn't expect Jesus to be angry at them. <laughs> Most preachers, <laughs> man, they'll fight you on that day. How dare you <laughs> uncover my roof? Right? Is that the way to bring a sick man? But they were sure. They've been, they've heard about him. He's not going to be offended. And he wasn't. He wasn't. They brought the man through the roof. He was looking for healing. Those 
good for friends. Wouldn't you like to have friends like that, that will look for your healing and risk their lives going to the roof to uncover it and drop you down? And in that mind, if he falls and dies, he'll raise him up. Don't worry about it. Amen. He raised him up. But the first thing Jesus said to him, not son, you're healed. Guess what he said to him? Your sins are forgiven you. Because once your sin is forgiven, you're healed. They go together. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And what follows after that? It's right. That's for forgiveness and healing. They always go together. When you refuse to let go of forgiveness to others, you stopped your healing. You stopped your healing. Let me take you to James chapter 5, verse 14. Is any among you sick? I like that. Any among you sick? I like to be in a church like that. Wow. They'll take care of you. It doesn't matter what you got. Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Talked about the name of Jesus, right? Once you use that name, the sickness is gone. Amen. He said, anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And then look, he adds, and, right? And, if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Why do you need that sort of part? Because they go together. They go together. Many of us are hindering our lives because one person offended you and you're not going to let go. I had somebody like that in my life years ago. I mean, this guy... I guess they told him I was a good Christian until he met me. (laughs) And he decided, you are not as good as everybody's been talking about. Because I had gone to Nigeria and I came back and I met him. And boy, he gave it to me constantly, just harassing me. And he won't let me quit. Just, I could never do anything right. You are from Africa, you don't understand America. So everything I did was wrong. He was African. <laughs> and he got to do it the American way. Even when you, you cook the Nigerian food, he still got to be the American way. <laughs> if he's not done that, you're wrong. And he, he harassed me constantly. I had a third, room, a third roommate. It was constant. And then my car, he drove it and the car was gone. The engine knocked. Foreign students, I had no money. I had to fix the engine. He wasn't offering to pay for it. I had to do it. Man, I got bitter. And then I got upset. And then he blamed me for being upset. You were supposed to be a good Christian. How can you be upset? Good Christians don't get upset. And we went on and on for years. 
And it got so bad. You know what? When I slept, it was, he was the last person on my mind when I slept. When my eyes opened in the morning, he was present with me. I could kill him. He's <laughs> not Christian to kill him. In my mind, I was so bitter. And I was in my lab, you know, doing research stuff, walking back and forth, and I heard a voice. It's almost like coming from my back, behind me. He said, now, and mentioned the name of that fellow, and said, he is now your Lord and Master. I said, no, anybody but him. Anybody but him. He says, yeah, I'm right. He's your Lord and Master. No, no, he's not. I was arguing, he's done this. He says, and then he says to me, when you go to sleep and you finally close your eyes, who was on your mind last night? Yes, sir. It was him. And when you open your eyes the next day, who was on your mind? You're right. It was him. Now you are in your lab and walking back and forth. Who was dominating your mind? Yes, he's my Lord and Master. <laughs> I agree. And I said, God, can you help me out of this predicament? I can't help this. I need your help. So I started praying. God, please help me. I was willing. To, look, as far as I was concerned, I wasn't concerned about just forgiving. I didn't want that guy to be my Lord and Master. Anybody but this fellow. Not, not this way. And so God said, uh, I, I asked God for forgiveness. I had some peace. I said, God, now, what do you want me to do? He said, uh, you've been hearing him talking about buying tennis shoes. Yeah, I heard that. He said, uh, buy him those brand new tennis shoes he's talking about. I said, no, you know I don't have much money in the bank. He said, but uh, you have this amount in the bank. Go and get him. And then I said, another excuse. Um, you know how he is. He's going to turn that thing against me and fight with me. You do what I want. I went and got him. Key word is, don't just forgive. Do something. Do something. As soon as I did that, I was free. He never stopped doing what he was doing. But it didn't affect me. My joy came back. I was free from my master. I got new master. Jesus of Nazareth. Joy. He'll argue again and spew those words. No. I say, no, you're wrong. I just this back in there. And, and that was it. I remember he went and told my Lord, could Lord put me some shoes? My roommate, the other one said, he did? He said, yeah. And he went, why? <laughs> and he repeated himself. Yeah. He went this night. I did not nine shoes. He said, yes. But I wonder why he did that. And I said, he's going to make this guy angry and he's going to turn this thing around. And he never did. But God delivered me. We became the closest of friends. God changed his own life and changed me. 
We were so close. Pastor used to say, they seemed to be from the same place. The love was there between us. I talk about it as in the past. This guy graduated. He started working. I was still in school. He worked and earned money. He was gone from me. He still sent money to me. Because God, love, forgiveness can bring people together. When you keep it, you destroy yourself. We had most fun. He understood me. I understood him. We were friends. When he mentioned in passing one day, she said, we will never have believed that anything like that ever happened between you. After this happened, there was this love between us. He forgave me and I forgave him. We were together. That's what this is all about. Forgiveness brings life. And healing. They go together. Amen? Amen. Stand up with me. (coughs) Uh oh. (laughs) It's not the anointing, believe me. I've been yelling too much. You know, I always believe this. A message is for a purpose. There are some of you here today, you are holding to this one person. You know what God is saying? You've made that person your Lord and Master. You may claim Jesus is your Lord, you're kidding yourself. He knows. Unforgiveness is binding you. No matter what they've done to you, please forgive today. If for no other reason, but for Jesus. Amen? For Jesus. Forgive them. Forgive them. I know it's hard. Sometimes the feelings are still there. Once you say you're forgiven, the battle begins. Because the enemy comes back and he keeps reminding you. It's a good place to be. Because you are beginning to forgive. If you want to do something, buy them something. They won't understand it. But you know what you're doing. You're untangling yourself. You're freeing yourself. For the master's use. And who knows? That relationship can be so healed. Where you can become best friends. And be open to one another. Forgiveness. Is giving life and is giving healing. God can heal today. If you will say it with your mouth, God, I forgive. You know the person. May God bring that picture behind before your mind. Sometimes you don't even know you are holding on forgiveness until you run across the person. Or somebody mentions his name or her name. And then something starts rolling inside of you. You should feel nothing. You don't forget what they've done. But you don't feel anything. You understand what I'm saying? Let that be. And some of us, we are holding something against God. I know that's a strange thing. We think God has done something to us. Why did you allow this? You're not hurting Him. You're hurting yourself. Well, you can forgive God for doing nothing. And still receive the benefit. Amen? You can do that. I want you this morning, every one of us. All eyes closed, please. 
you bring that fellow, this person, before you, before you right now. And then see what they've done, what they've said. How they demeaned you. And then tell God, I recognize that I'm willing to forgive. I'm willing to forgive. And take it a step further. See if you can reconcile. See if you can reconcile. You might be missing something. There could be a richness of relationship that God has set aside for you and this person. And the enemy has seen it and come is coming between you and them for whatever reason. They made a mistake. Forgive them. And see what God can do with that. He's here this morning. I know Jesus is here. And I'm very sure if you have that bitterness and you let it go, you can be free from depression today. You can be free from anxiety today because the Spirit of God will take over just like that. You open the door and the Spirit of God came in. I pray for every member of the Ark Fellowship today to leave this place free, free, totally free. So we can walk together as family for our Heavenly Father. Please lift your hands up in surrender, every one of us. And say, God, I surrender to you today. I will love just as you you gave us your commandment to love one another as you have loved us. God, I will love. I am a lover. Say it with me. I am a lover, not a hater. I am a lover, not a hater. I love all people. I love. I will not hate. I divorce myself today from hate. I forgive fully everyone that's offended me. Lord, hear my cry. Free me today from unforgiveness. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. God bless you.